Welcome to ADHD Crash Course. Today I have Jackie Silver, who is a registered dietitian, and she specializes in working with folks with ADHD and helping them access better nutrition, better feeding of themselves. So welcome, Jackie. I'm so glad to have you today. Thanks for having me, Danae. I'm really excited. Yay. So this is one of my favorite topics. I love talking about this, just my own experience of struggling with this. And really, most of the people I work with, in some area, nutrition, feeding ourselves is challenging. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit about you and just how you got here, how you ended up doing this work. Um, Okay, I have to think about how far back should I go? Uh, (laughs) Well, I would say, okay, in in my master's program, um, I did a placement, uh, one of my dietetic uh, internship rotations with, was with Special Olympics, where I got to create sport nutrition workshops and cooking classes for athletes with intellectual and developmental disabilities. And that was really eye opening for me. And I absolutely loved it. The athletes were amazing. And like, so gentle and caring and motivated. Um, and so in that placement, I started asking myself questions. Uh, why do, you know, able-bodied athletes get and neurotypical athletes get access to sport nutrition to help fuel their performance, but these athletes don't. And so I started seeing a gap and a need. And when I graduated my master's, it was three weeks before the pandemic broke out in 2020. Yeah. So um, the job market was was uh, not great. And I'd always had an entrepreneurial itch, both my parents run their own businesses, I'd always wanted to have my own business. And I just said, Okay, like, I have all this extra time on my hands, I'm just gonna go for it. And when I started my private practice, um, it was in December 2020. So three years now, I originally I wanted to focus on uh, the disabled community, I wanted to do um, nutrition for people with spinal cord injuries or cerebral palsy. And that's more um, a personal connection. I am disabled, I use a wheelchair, uh, when I'm out for long distances, and I'm, uh, I'm an above knee amputee on my left leg. I wanted to work with the disabled community. And I was, that was originally the niche I wanted to do. And then I um, made a profile on this healthcare, uh, healthcare professionals directory. And they had like lists of, I don't even like the word conditions, but conditions to check off. And they had autism and ADHD there. And I was like, oh, I worked with autistic athletes at Special Olympics. I'll, you know, I'll check these off. Um, Mm -hmm. Didn't, I honestly didn't think anything of it. And then I said, all these requests started coming in. Um, You know, can you work with my autistic child who's a picky eater? Can you, you know, I have ADHD, can you work with me? And I realized how little I knew and how much I needed to teach myself and learn more. And so yeah, I've done um, a lot of extra training. I'm trained in mindful eating, a 12 week mindful eating program. I've done sensory feeding therapy training this year. Um, always learning. And fast forward three years, uh, 99% of my clients identify as neurodivergent, and <laughs> maybe like 1% have spinal cord injuries. So um, that makes so much sense. This is such a big need. 
And I love what you said when you're like, oh, I realized how much I didn't know because I think sometimes Mm -hmm. people assume, oh, just apply the strategies that work for everyone else to this group and it should work. And like you recognizing out the gates, like, oh, there's something else that needs to happen is big. Exactly. Like, and I've, and so many clients have said to me, Oh, like, you know, I've gone to other dietitians before and they just gave me the cookie cutter advice and I just can't follow it. Mm -hmm. Um, And they really appreciate my approach of meeting them where they're at and really understanding their brains. And um, yeah, I guess a more gentle, supportive, neuroaffirming approach. Yeah. And yeah, and I were and it's like a really wide variety of who I work with. Like I do have some uh some clients who live in group homes who are non-speaking and um um yeah, so I'm mostly working with their social workers and their group home managers and the staff to support them. And then I have uh, I work with kids with ADHD and who are autistic, and I work with adults who are you know, autistic or have ADHD living on their own and want to learn how to eat better and meal prep. So I really like the variety. Right. Yeah. The variety is always awesome. Right. And so, and so when you're with neurodivergent folks, what are some of the biggest things, like the themes that you see coming up for a lot of people? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So biggest themes are low appetite from stimulant meds. So not eating during the day and then a more over like quote unquote overeating or binging at night. Once the meds wear off, appetite comes back. Um, difficulty with meal prep and meal planning with executive dysfunction, you know, getting overwhelmed at looking all the, if there's too many steps in a recipe or just like not knowing what to eat and just end up going with takeout, um, emotional eating. Um, I see. Yeah. A lot of that um, gut issues is big also yeah i would say those are the biggest uh the biggest themes that come right yeah disordered eating patterns well i'm sorry what you said uh disordered eating patterns get developing a healthier relationship with food you know letting go of those ideal societal ideals of the perfect body do a lot of work on that too Right. Yeah. There are, there's so many areas I know the executive functioning piece alone is Mm -hmm. such an obstacle. Yeah. It's very difficult. And like being able to plan out your meals and think about what you're going to eat. It's a skill. Like it is a skill, just like any other skill that we need to learn and we need to simplify. Yes. (laughs) When you talk about this, I got to say, when you're talking about planning out meals, I immediately had this Pinterest image like oh no I know what works for so many people that's so overwhelming for us it's very overwhelming yeah (laughs) but so what kind of tools do um, you provide people or how do you help them navigate this like gut reaction I'm immediately overwhelmed with the topic right of meal planning (laughs) yeah yeah so normally the first thing that we work on is getting people to eat on a schedule so it's called mechanical eating and um because people my clients will often skip breakfast or skip lunch and they haven't eaten for eight hours and then all the hanger comes you know so we get them eating on a schedule and in the beginning I say like I don't care what you eat I just care that you are eating something you know like yeah I've had some people eat one meal a day like their whole life and they're quite 
malnourished. So I'm telling, you know, for them, I'm not going to, you don't need to be eating three elaborate meals a day. I just want you to eat, <laughs> you yeah. know, I don't care what it is. Um, so with and the schedule, so, do you have people using timers? Do you have like kind of visual cues? How do you help people do that? Yeah. So I ask people what would work best for them. Most people like timers. Some people have found it helpful to block out lunch from their workday in their calendar um, because they'll end up just working through lunch. Uh, Yeah, working through their lunch. So having that time in their calendar, if you're a big calendar person, that's helpful. Yeah, biggest thing is is alarms, setting alarms and reminders. And I find that their appetite the appetite does start to come back once you start eating more regularly throughout the day, which is a really welcome change for some people. Some people have said, oh, like now I'm actually looking forward to my breakfast in the morning. And that's really nice to hear. Yeah. Um, yeah so that's the first thing that I uh, really want to get consistent with folks. And then we get into, you know, what does a balanced meal and snack look like? And how can we make this as easy as possible for you? So for some people, it's going to be batch cooking, you know, a large batch of maybe baked oatmeal or a chili or curry, like things that you could store in the freezer and have for the week. That doesn't work for everyone. But for some people, it does work very well. For some people, it's coming up with uh, what I like to call cheat sheets. So we'll make a snack cheat sheet, a breakfast cheat sheet, a um, lunch cheat cheat sheet. And it's basically like a menu of six five or six really easy items. So okay. when you are super overwhelmed and you have no idea what to eat, you look at your list and you can pick something. Uh, so could you give me an example of like, maybe what would be on some of those things? Like if, if it was, mm-hmm. um, if, yeah, if there's like a, any of them, a snack, a breakfast, cheat sheet, like what are typical options? Yeah. So for a snack, it could be a protein shake and a fruit it could be a granola bar, and a fruit. It could be hummus and crackers and pita, salsa and tortilla chips and cherry tomatoes, you know, something, something that has, I like to do some protein, um, some fiber and a fruit or veg. Okay. Um, and just like really easy things. So I recommend a lot of easy packaged things that reduce as many barriers as possible. So frozen fruit, frozen veg. I'm like very pro that. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And like the vegetables that don't require chopping, like cherry tomatoes, baby carrots, uh, anything that is, you know, just super easy Um, fruits that don't require chopping, like apples, pears, strawberries. I mean, they require a little bit, but not too much. Just things that, you know, instant oatmeal versus slow cooking oatmeal, Um, pre even like prepackaged individual snack things like nuts, nut mixes protein bars, pre-sliced bread, anything that is going to make it as easy as possible and eliminate the barriers. So I always ask my clients, what are your barriers and how can we reduce them Right, and simplify it? It's amazing too, when you look at this, this barrier or this friction, what might seem like very little friction can just accumulate and shut us down. And we're like, okay, we're done. We're done. You know, you yeah. don't have to deal with it. Even though like logically you might look at it and think, well, maybe that doesn't seem like it's so much friction when it's already a hard area. It is. It is. Yeah. And like for, you know, yeah, for me too. Like if I, if something requires chopping, I'm less likely to want to do it. Right. And especially then when you're already hungry, which I know you're kind of preventing a little bit by being more regular, but when you're already hungry, 
just like no good decisions are going to get made. It's like whatever, whatever gets you through that moment. Exactly. That's where the impulsivity comes in. Yeah. You make more impulsive choices. and Okay. So I love the idea about having the cheat sheets ready because sometimes that really is half the battle. Just that mental work of even if I can push through this, what would it be that would nourish me well right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you have options because I know a lot of folks, they'll get bored very easily of the same things or eat something on repeat and then never want to see it again. So uh, we also want to try to reduce, you know, prevent that. Um, so yeah, having variety helps with that. Um, and also making things as easy as possible. And yeah, and one thing I forgot to mention also is, um, a lot of work that I do is trying to find alternative methods of dopamine seeking that don't require a lot of people will seek carbs and sugar for that dopamine hit. Uh, so we work on like, how can we eat that more mindfully? Are there other activities we can do to still get that dopamine and get that sensation? Um, you know, that seeking. So yeah, that's all. What kind of things do you find work well for people to add, to add to the food aspect of dopamine seeking? Yeah, yeah. Um, And I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not stigmatizing it. Um, Yeah. So it's just a way to have like a toolkit of different options. So for some people, exercise, clients tell me that exercise is like, they end up binging less because they get that high from exercise. Some people find um, knitting to be quite satisfying. I also recommend fidget toys. There's also actually a company a few weeks ago sent me samples of chewable jewelry. Uh, Jewelry? Yeah. Yeah. So the ones you have, because I know that as an OT, I used to see a lot of these for kids, but now they've gotten kind of cute with them, haven't they? Like for adults. Yeah. They are cute. They're nice. Yeah, they look nice. Yeah, they're not like and, something yeah. beyond a heart that you're wearing, right? It's something that could pass maybe for jewelry. Yeah, yeah, cut. Yeah, one of them was like a bangle. It was just okay. a black bangle bracelet. It was yeah, pretty. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that could be if some people like because they want that sensation of chewing. Um. For some people, gum helps right. them. Meditation might doesn't work for everyone, but that could be a way to seek that dopamine, doing more self-care activities, Mm -hmm. um, getting outside, getting fresh air. That's a big one. Yeah. Right. Just maybe just even that awareness of breaking up the automatic aspect and be like, okay, is there something else I can try here? Yeah. Like go for 20 minutes, try to do something else. If you still, then it can give you just that pause to check in with your body and see if you are hungry or if it was more like an emotional response. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do also tell people like, you know, if you're craving sugar, like have some of it, you know, because then the craving is gonna pass, you'll be satisfied, and then you can move on. I love that about my intuitive eating people that that it's not it's not so black and white being mm-hmm. so all because all or nothing thinking I swear is one of the most difficult things with ADHD in particular right I feel like that's a huge barrier it's like okay I am batch cooking Pinterest beautiful meals or I'm doing takeout every night right like there's no in between sometimes yeah. yeah I often have to rein people in because they'll get all excited and they want to do it all and I'm like no like let's Let's pick one meal this week, you know, let's slow it down and become consistent with that. And then we can build from there. 
Yeah, that's great to hear that that's a part of how you approach things because it is, it's, you know, we get excited and go with the energy. Then we feel bad when it peters out and it's like, okay, mm-hmm. if it's a tool we really want, like a lifetime kind of tool, pacing ourselves exactly. is helpful. Exactly. Yeah. I My goal is to help people build these skills so that when we're done working together, they're, they're continuing and they have the skills and then they don't need me anymore. Right. Um, right. And yeah. you mentioned one of the things that you um, help people with is mindful eating. And I know that that can also evoke a lot of frustration for people with ADHD because mm-hmm. it's something like knee-jerk reaction, we don't do mindfulness, right? Like a lot of resistance sometimes mm-hmm. with people, at least that I work with, when we talk about mindfulness, it's like, oh, I can't do that. So yeah. what are your thoughts? So I actually have a blog post on intuitive eating with a neurodivergent twist, which Ooh, I'll, that if you like. yeah, I think that would be really helpful for people. Um, so it's, so, so it's all about the, the principles of intuitive eating, but how we could tailor it uh, to neurodivergent folks and how we could still, uh, we can combine mechanical eating. So eating on a schedule with aspects of intuitive eating. Yeah. And so um, you asked about the mindfulness. So I acknowledge it does not work for everyone. But to, you know, I will often tell people like, you know, even if you're watching TV while you're eating, you could still you know, focus on the taste and the smell and slow down your pace of eating. Like you can definitely do both. Right. Um, yeah. I like, I like that, like that kind of flexible, cause we need flexible approaches to things. Exactly. Right. And then yes. is rather than the all or nothing, like I'm going to sit with no stimulation and just focus on my taco, right? Like some. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or having music, music at the table. I know that was, yeah, in the early in my career, early in my business, one of, one of my first clients, I was working with um, an autistic couple, and they were like, and at the time, I, I didn't know, like, I kind of regret kind of how I did it, because I recommended eating without the TV. And they were like, so scared to do that. But they ended up putting music on like nice jazz music while they ate. And they said they really enjoyed that. And Oh, that's awesome. um, that, that was a great way for them to eat more mindfully and talk to each other and hang out. Yeah. So now I'm much more mindful of the recommendations I make. Um, right. And I do say that you could still incorporate mindful eating, you know, with music on, with the TV on. And, um, right. I think yeah. allowing people to have kind of like an experimenter mindset versus a overhaul, right? Like we're just testing things out, seeing what works and let that kind of allows people to be more flexible with even how they approach it exactly yeah and also practicing I always tell people to be self-compassionate and to let go of labeling you know food as good or bad or like oh I had a good eating day I had a bad eating day you know I say like you know it's just a day yes it's it's just a day there it's gonna fluctuate it's going to be up and down. Some days you'll have one meal in a day because you'll be so busy. Some days you'll be able to have three. One is not, you know, bad. Um, They're just different. And so if you, you know, or if you end up having a binge one night and you feel guilty and you regret it, like, think about how you would tell it what you would say to a friend, you would definitely not 
not berate them and tell them they're a failure. You would, right. you know, you, you'd say like, it's okay. You had had a binge. That's okay. Today's a new day. Let's move on and keep going and work on nourishing ourselves. So what do you see with your clients when they get better at that, when they get better at self-compassion, when they get less judgmental towards themselves? So, um, yeah, I'll see uh, clients will tell me that they they didn't get as mad at themselves for having a binge. They will say things like, you know, I used to weigh myself every day and get so angry at the number. And now like, when I look at the number, I'm just like, oh, okay, it's just a number. I have had people say that, which is like so special to hear. Um, They'll also tell me that they've had to do a lot of unlearning from their childhood and the those harmful messages that come from society and from family members commenting on their bodies. And they find it's just easier to move on after like a quote unquote bad day of eating. Yeah. It's easier to just keep going and let it slide and not get bogged down by it as much. Yeah. That makes sense. And honestly, I see that with my clients on all topics, right? Like when the self-compassion is stronger and, and we kind of ease off that judgment of ourselves on, you know, we might think that will slow us down. It does the opposite. It, it makes us, we're able to move on. We're able to focus on what's next, which usually is the goal. And I think it, I, yeah. I'm sure it applies to food as well. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. And like, they'll start to see food as fuel, as nourishment, as their friend, you right. know, and when they notice they're hungry, they're it's much easier to say, okay, I need to feed myself instead of like, oh, I binged last night. I have to punish myself today without eating. Yeah. When you mentioned too that some of your work is with people that have like sensory issues and sensory issues with food, which is super common, mm-hmm. right? So yes. what kind of things do you do for your clients that have really more limited options with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm all about respecting where they're at and working on optimizing their diet within their safe foods, mm-hmm. uh, their repertoire of safe foods. Some people do want to work on expanding a little bit um, as adults. Uh, with kids, I do work on expanding, but with a- as an adult, it is harder. So normally, um, and I always ask them, like, do you want to branch out a little bit and work on trying some new foods together? Or do you want to optimize new nutritionally optimize your diet within your repertoire of safe foods. Um, Most often it's the latter option Mm -hmm. that they choose. And so, yeah, I'm very respectful of that. So for example, um, I've had some people tell me like, you know, I just, I cannot eat whole wheat pasta. I cannot eat whole wheat bread. It just, it's too gritty. It does not taste good. And like, that's okay. You know, we'll work on getting fiber other ways. Like maybe we can add flax meal to your smoothies. We can add some veggies to your uh, your rice or your pasta, you know, like, that's okay. I respect that. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And honestly, for some people, like, it's so hard for them to just eat. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm also respectful of that. And I would just rather that they eat something and 
for them, it might be a boost or an ensure. And yeah, that's okay. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and I do often, yeah. Oh, and I do often recommend a multivitamin if they are more limited uh, with their food choices. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So, so fill yeah. in the gaps. So, okay. Mm-hmm. So what other things do you see coming up a lot with your clients with ADHD that that's challenging? That's a barrier with, with feeding themselves with nourishment. We may have covered most of them. Yeah. I would say uh, something that I struggle with supporting my clients is the, um, like that dopamine seeking. So that is, that's quite challenging. Um, the emotional eating piece also is, uh, it's difficult. Um, cause it, you know, it doesn't always help to just, it, usually it gets better when you're eating consistently throughout the day, but not always. So we need to have other tools in our toolkit to help, uh, support that, that right. yeah. Comfort eating, emotional eating. Right. Um, yeah, with yeah. ADHD, like we have uh, several areas of vulnerability, really, because a lot of us struggle with mm-hmm. emotional regulation or the dopamine seeking and the executive functioning and preparing. Because there's so many different areas that can be contributing to the challenge here. Yes, exactly. It's multifaceted, which requires a whole a toolkit. Right. I like to call it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well. This is really helpful. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing with us. I know people will want to connect with you and see what you have going on. How can they do that? How can they find you? Yeah. So um, you're welcome to go to my website, JackieSilverNutrition.com. We have amazing blog posts on there all about, we have, yeah, well, I'll, I'll send you the link for the intuitive eating one. We have a blog post on mechanical eating, protein for ADHD, ADHD and picky eating, lots of great stuff. There's a free download on there, neurodivergent friendly meals. Um, so you can download that. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at accessible wellness. And uh, we are going to be releasing an online course in the new year, which I'm really excited about. It's about meal planning for neurodivergent adults. So we've compiled all of the tips and tricks that I teach the one-on-ones into a course to make it more accessible to people all over the world. And uh, I'm very excited about that. So if you want to hear about it, uh, download my the free download on my website it's on the homepage. the neurodivergent friendly meals then you'll get added to my email list and then you'll be the first to know about the launch of the course perfect that's awesome so i'll make sure to include those links you didn't have to remember it if you were listening i'll have them in the show notes so so people can (laughs) find you and find that um thank you so much for for being here today I, i really enjoyed it oh my pleasure it was so much fun